Welcome back to the TEFL Training Institute podcast, everyone. I'm Ross Thorburn, and on today's episode, my guest is Sandy Moreau. Sandy is a research fellow at Nova University in Lisbon. She's got over 30 years of experience in ELT as a teacher, teacher trainer, and educational consultant. And she's also published a lot about teaching English to very young children, including teaching English to pre-primary children with Gail Ellis and early years second language education. So in today's interview, I'm going to be asking Sandy about getting children to play independently in English. Now, we're obviously talking about very young learners here in kindergarten age. Sandy wrote a really interesting paper on this called Taking Play Seriously in the Pre-Primary English Classroom. And that's in the ELTJ. And we'll be talking in this interview a lot about the research Sandy did for that article. So how teachers can start off doing classroom routines and games with their students using English and gradually get students to do more and more in those activities until they're able to play independently using English. Just a quick note that some of the examples that Sandy gives are from Portuguese kindergarten classes, where once or twice a week, an English teacher, a specialist, comes in to work with them. Enjoy the episode. Hi, Sandy. To start off with, can you tell us about how teachers can set up and run teacher-led activities, and then how can they gradually hand over the running of those activities to the children that they're teaching? Thanks, Ross. So it's not about passing off, and it's not about thinking that the children are running them, but what the teacher needs to do is they need to understand how they expect the children to respond to what they planned. So the objective is that they take control of the situation, not necessarily that they run it, but they take control of their need to use English. Our objective is that children feel amazing when they use English because it gives them so much pleasure. So we need to start by expecting them to be using their listening as a bridge to later speaking and therefore using the situation to exploit the possibilities for speaking. First of all, we want to know that children are listening and understanding I mean, many teachers are familiar with the listen and do activities, which, of course, is where we always start. A typical listen and do activity is an an activity where you listen and respond physically. However, many teachers don't move on from there. They don't go further than listen and do. And you will have a whole lesson, a whole month of lessons, which are focusing on listening and doing activities. And there is nothing worse for children because... They need to be expected to respond, not just physically. We want them to start responding orally, possibly starting chorally with a group of children expecting them to say something together. But as soon as children naturally start saying, we need to you know, bring them in, encourage them to, be, to take responsibility for a situation, no matter how small they are, for them to realise that, yes, you want them to speak in English and you want them to use English so that you know, they feel good about it. So it it is essentially setting them up so that they do want to use English and feel good about it. So I I talk about encounter, which is the listen and do. I talk about engage, which is where children are beginning to get 
to grips with speaking, using the language, and then exploit, which is when they use it because they want to, and it just makes their heart go yay. Hmm. Can you tell us how teachers can move through those three stages of encounter, engage, and exploit, say, in a typical classroom routine? Hmm. So a typical routine, and we're, we're looking at pre-primary children here, so routine is very important. It helps children feel comfortable about what's going to happen. It regulates their behavior. So a typical routine would be to talk about the weather. A teacher can come in, say, hello, how are you? Fine, thank you, etc. And then they'll look out at the window, they'll point through the window and they'll say, oh, what's the weather like today? And even though the teacher hasn't taught the language, the children will hopefully have understood that she's pointing out or he's pointing out of the window and possibly she's talking about the weather. So they will naturally say in whatever language they have, in Portugal they would say, it's sunny. And so the teacher will naturally use that and say, yes, it's sunny. And she would show a flashcard or an image that showed sunny. It's sunny today. Oh, lovely. It's sunny today. So that would be a listen and do activity, literally, because they're showing an understanding of what you have done as the teacher. Now, the next day, hopefully it's sunny again. And one or two children might have remembered that's how they say it. But maybe they don't know or maybe they haven't remembered. And so they might be able to point to the sunny picture or you might have taught them, as you've said, it's sunny you've pointed to the picture of the sun and you might have done a, a sun action. So the children, the next day you come in, you point, you say, what's the weather like? They might do the sun action. So they are showing you that they have understood the question. It's that listen and do, it's the encounter stage. The moment a child says, it's sunny, yes, you show huge pleasure. And other children will also start saying it. And you need to show them that that is exactly what you want to do and that it's important that they use these words. So that's your encounter where you've pointed out the window and a child has done the action. The engage is when they begin to use the language and enjoy using it. And the exploit is when you move from just having the children answering you. Normally, a child will, will be the sort of the leader for the day or for this English session, and they're responsible for doing what you do. So giving them that responsibility. And so when you come in, the child, maybe they might put on the puppet. So you point out the window and they ask the question, what's the weather like today? And this is really important because what you're doing is you're helping children see that they don't just answer questions, they can ask them as well. And they get huge pleasure from taking on the role of the teacher. But that's essential because you have given the children the role of the questioner and the answerer. And of course, that means that they will be able to interact and they can replicate because what children do when they play is they replicate what they've experienced. I think that's really interesting, Sandy, because I think a lot of teachers think that their job is just to teach students the vocabulary to respond to questions. So things like it's sunny or it's rainy or it's cloudy. But obviously, if teachers can consistently use the same questioning language, then students will eventually learn the other halves of those conversations, the what's the weather like today part. And that part's obviously just as important as the vocabulary. Absolutely. Teachers think that they just have to teach lexical sets, but, they, but that's not what it's about. It's about communicating and encouraging children to communicate with you. And you're the model, but they can then come along and take your place. And you need to scaffold that because there are children who will take much longer 
to be able to do it successfully. And there are children who will do it just like that. And so you start with the children who do it just like that and you encourage them to come forward and take on the role of the leader of the game, you know, the person who is responsible for asking the questions. And then it's that child who will then go into the learning area and who will be the teacher and they will be scaffolding their peers. You've got your structure, you've got your roles and you've got your script. And if you ensure that the children realize the script is also the organizational language, then they will take it on and board and they will use it naturally. In a way, if we were to think of language learning as a game-like activity and that everything is made up of mini formats, it would help teacher and learner an enormous amount because it would help the teacher realize what it was that they were saying and how that can help a child also say something similar. It helps them realize that they're modeling. But you need to be aware of, of how you're modeling it and in what occasion so that children realize the relevance of that modeling. And, and teachers don't really, really realize that. They just think that they're there to teach the colors or the numbers or individual words. But it's so much more than that. So you mentioned learning areas there. I have called these learning stations before. So we're talking about places where students can go and work or play independently with each other, hopefully using English. Can you tell us what those learning areas look like? And maybe you can talk about it in the context of kindergartens, where I know you've done a lot of your research. So if you work in a pre-primary school or a pre-primary centre, a preschool, and you're a specialist teacher that goes in, the space that the children spend the day will be divided into stations or learning areas, which will develop particular skills or competencies. So um, there might be a block area, um, there might be a book area, so like a mini library where they are encouraged to choose a book, sit down and read quietly. Or there might be what's called an early writing area where children have, will have lots of different writing tools, including an old typewriter, for example, or blocks for printing letters or thick pens, thin pens for writing, things that they could copy. They might have little notebooks or whatever. And you can have an area which is specifically for playing in English, so therefore developing the English language. So when these are set up, a preschool teacher will help children understand how to behave in all of the areas. With the children, the teacher will say, how many children can play in this area at one time? And the children will think, to, and this helps them become responsible for what they're doing. It helps them become independent. And they will decide together how many children can go into that area. And they will agree together with the preschool teacher how it works. And they will do that for all of the areas and talk together about the kinds of things they think they can do in the area. And one of those things will be to speak in English. So they will know that it's important to speak in English in that particular area. So once children know that in this particular learning area or station, they play with their English resources that have been provided for them, which could be puppets, um, there could be books there, all of the visuals in flashcards or picture cards, story cards, um, games which you might have created and the resources around those games, props to enact play, little mini role plays, clothes to become particular characters, when I say story cards, they, children like to sequence the stories and say particular expressions. Um, Child-made dictionaries, so whole collections of images which the children have either drawn or coloured or taken photographs of, and they've maybe helped the preschool teacher 
write what they are. And then they just love sitting and looking at them and pointing at them and saying them in English. And I, uh, anecdotal evidence from the research that I've done is I had one preschool teacher that says, so in the English area, they speak more English than they do Portuguese. So there's, a, there's English and a little bit of Portuguese. And in the rest of the classroom, there's a, more Portuguese and a little bit of English. And I thought that was really nice. And Sandy, for teachers who work in private language schools, what advice would you have for them if they want to set up some sort of similar learning areas or learning stations in their classrooms? Yeah. In a language school, it's important that the teacher explains to the parents that play is part of their approach to learning and that during the English lessons, there will be opportunities for children to play in English and they'll be playing with each other. So it's really important to let the parents know that, that this will be happening because they won't understand that because the teacher isn't involved, that the children are still learning. And what you also need to do is that in, a, in your language school is that you need to give the parents feedback on, on the play moments as well. So it's not just about how the children behave with you and, and how they use English and teacher-led activities. You need to include feedback to the parents on how the children are using English during play. And also the school director needs to be in on it as well, because if they don't believe in what you're doing, then they're not going to support you. And when a parent comes in and said that my children have been, or my child has been spending 15 minutes playing and not learning English, you need their support on that one. So students obviously might not use that much English, maybe the first time that teachers get them to play independently in learning areas or learning stations. How can teachers give students feedback after that kind of independent playtime to encourage students to use more English next time? With learning areas, there should be a feedback moment. Children stop playing and they come and they sit down with their teacher and they will have a, so how did that go? What did you do? How did you do it? Da, da, da. And the teacher might say, well, I, when I was walking past the learning area, I heard lots of Portuguese or I didn't hear much English. And so she's reminding the children that that's what they need to be doing. Or go through the resource which you have prepared that you've teacher-led with the children and the activities you get done with the children around that resource you need to go back and redo it to help the children realize that with this resource we use this language and in this way and then you once again set up your learning area and you explain once more what is expected and with the children you organize the rules and then you observe again and see just how much more English is used you say you know you're so pleased that the children were using lots of English and how do they feel about that? And can they remember any of the English that they used? And, you know, you make them feel that they're doing well so that they will do it again. One more time, everyone. That was Sandy Moreau. For more from her, click on the link in the show notes. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you again next week. Goodbye.